Hello and welcome to the Big Topic in Women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bet Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. So before we get into um, uh, the fights, uh, Schwan, how are things going for you down there with all those uh, weather problems in Texas? Uh, for me, it's not terrible. You know, it's not great, but uh, at least I don't have any water pipes bursting and I'm not frozen or out of food and water. So it hasn't been terrible. It just hasn't been great over here. Okay. We're get, you're getting worse weather than we normally get here in Canada. Yeah, uh, it's, that's what I've heard from people. But uh, the main thing is I think y'all are more prepared for it as far as your power grids and supplies than we are in Texas. And uh, that's been the, no the focus. Everybody, Nobody's been prepared for, for two or three days straight of this kind of weather. The only thing is when I, we get a lot of snow like that, I don't go out because, uh, you know, uh, I'm disabled and I roll around in a power chair and the chair will get stuck in the snow. So yeah, I, I got to watch for that. I could not I imagine watch. that. Right. Well, it's happened, but I try to avoid that. Like the other day when it snowed, I stayed home. I didn't go out. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Let's, let's go on to, let's uh, start with Saturday's fights. Uh, both, uh, <coughs> both videos uh, for this, uh, uh, these fights are up on my blog. First one, we had uh, Alexa Grasso beat um, Macy Barber by unanimous decision. And we talked about this last week. And, uh, you know, with uh, Macy coming back from a, a, an injury and also uh, being at a new camp and all that sort of thing, a long layoff. Uh, when I'm watching the fight, it looked to me like she forgot how to fight. Okay, like she's normally pretty aggressive. Okay, as you've said, she's a bit of a headhunter, but it's not that big of a deal. But the point is, she's normally very aggressive, and in this fight, she uh, basically worked at a distance, which she shouldn't do that again. Okay, and um, she did come back in round three. She did an interview with BJPen.com where she basically confirmed that she seemed to forget how to fight for a couple of rounds there. But uh, I think she'll be okay down the road. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I would agree. I think she'll be okay. Um, as we said last week, I had concerns. I said she's coming off an injury. And prior, from, from white fights I've seen previously, I thought she had some technical issues. Compound that with coming off an injury, I thought this could be a bad matchup. Because Alexa Grasso is fairly long. She's athletic. She's pretty active. She's, she's allergic to pressure and physicality. But that's only if you can consistently put pressure and physicality on her. I thought there was a chance that Barbara could be able to do that. But when I saw the fight happening, I was like, she's just not sharp. She's just not ready. Um, I would have liked to see her make some adjustments, like uh, throwing head and body combinations. Because even late in the third round, she started putting pressure on her. But she kept missing and being out of position because she was thrown purely to the head. She throws that right hand and Grasso slips it. You, you, you can either double up off a right hook or you can counter with a left. When she's circling off the cage, kick her to the body. Then she's stuck on the cage. You can overwhelm her with physicality because she, she was a heavier puncher in this fight. She just couldn't put shots together. And part of that is because Jessica uh, Alexa knew where every single shot was coming from. It was coming to her head and it was coming from distance. So she kind of sabotaged herself. I think this is a good relaunching point from her. And I think she can be much better, but she's going to have to tie some things up and develop an identity as a fighter. 
Well, she's at a fairly new camp. She's only been there since December. And so, you know, sometimes when it takes time for the coaches to get a handle on what they really need to do with her. And uh, so I think they'll be okay. The, the one coach she's known for a long time, Israel Martinez. And, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Valley also coaches Bilal Muhammad and Yair Rodriguez and guys like that. So uh, I think these guys are, are pretty good. They know what they're doing. So I think they'll I think be okay. I think they're fine. Like I said, it, it's like you've said before many times when there's a new camp, there's adjustment period. I know there's an adjustment period. The only thing I listen for when I talk to camps or I listen to camps in, in corners is where you told the right thing. It's the same thing as parenting. I could tell my kids the right thing to do. They'll, they'll make that choice on their own. They didn't, I, I didn't hear enough in the corner, but I don't know if anybody said, Hey, you're head hunting, go to the body. Because if she just goes to the body at all, by the third round, she takes over. I don't see anybody can argue that. No, you know what they told her? He told her, you lost the first two rounds. You got to get a finish. That's what he told her. Okay. Yeah, so and, she knew. Well, a light bulb went on in her head. Okay. It's like uh, I said, it wasn't, it wasn't the coaching. She took responsibility for it. Oh, I, I, I can't blame 100% of the coaching. I just would have liked to have somebody say, hey, you're chasing the head too. Because the same shot she's missing at a distance to the head would have landed to the body. She would have landed to the body all fight long. Third round comes on, and then she turns it on after landing to the body consistently. What happens to Alexa Grasso then? All right. That's now, Alexa really didn't show me anything here. Yeah, she showed. She basically did what she did. She she established her jab. She moved around, and once she built momentum, she started putting combinations together a little bit. She was kind of hard to get to because she moves and she's got quick feet. She showed us what she's always shown us that she's a good athlete with good boxing. And when you don't pressure her and make her uncomfortable, she shows you more of a full array of skills. It's just when she's pressured and taking a beating or on the back foot or under duress is when she kind of resorts to being one dimensional. When you give her some, give, give her a lot of some space to build momentum and confidence, she'll start grappling a little bit. She'll start kicking a little bit. And the way Macy Barber fought her allowed her to build momentum and confidence. And then she started opening it up on her. Um, I don't think she's a contender, even though people are trying to convince me she is. Uh, Barber's a good win. I, I wasn't, I, I didn't think Barbara was a contender in the previous win she had. I didn't think it was contender worthy either. I think she's got at least two more fights to prove she's a contender. And I think there's a lot of girls who, at that division who can beat her right now. All right. Okay. So the other fight on this show, we had um, uh, Pollyanna Viana beat uh, Mallory Martin by a first round arm bar. And this was just a case of Mallory made a really, really stupid mistake. Went into Pollyanna's guard and it was pretty much over right there. Yeah, she. I know what she, she's thinking. I I tripped her up. She's on her she's on her back. I don't know why she would jump into the guard though. And I said before, if Mally Martin can just get her stand up where she's confident and, and defensively responsible, she'll be fine because women can't force the fight where they wanted to be. They can't really get her down consistently. And even if they do, she can scramble, get to a better position, or escape. But I don't think she has confidence in her in her stand-up. I think after that fight with Cyphers where she got rocked, she's a little gun-shy. And she just figured, oh, I'm a wrestler. I can control her. I can pound her out from here. Instead of just staying on her feet and making Pollyanna strike with her and then just taking her down and then standing back up, you can win a whole fight. Many, many fighters have won that way. But she didn't have any confidence in her striking. So the minute she thought she had an advantage, she jumped and took it. Except you don't jump into a grappler's guard wide open like that. If you're going to get a takedown, you get a takedown, you establish a position. She just jumped right in there. It, it just was it, yeah. was, it was kind of a low IQ move. It was a low IQ move. And I'm very concerned about her. I don't, I don't know that she's going to be the fighter that they thought she was going to be when they brought her in here. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Okay, let's go on to this Saturday. Uh, we have two fights on the show. The first fight is the co-main event. It is Ketlin Vieira versus um, Yana Kunitskaya, and this is at uh, Bantamweight. And this is clearly designed to turn um, <clears throat> Ketlin Vieira into a title contender. So she's ranked sixth right now. She's uh, from Brazil. She trains at Nova Unia with uh, Dudu, Andre Pedneris. And uh, Yana is, of course, originally from St. Petersburg, Russia. She lives in Florida now. I think she trains at ATT. And her boyfriend is, what's his name? Tiago Moises? Uh, Tiago Santos, right? Tiago Santos, right, right. I couldn't remember his name. So she's now, I mean, look, Yana has been around for 10 years, okay? She just doesn't impress me, Schwan. So it's a question of if um, Ketlin can get her down or something like that, she should be able to finish her. Yeah, the fight, I, I won't say, Kiana's not a dumb fighter. She seems very smart. She she w- was previously with Jackson's. So the, the, the biggest issue she's had is she has issues with durability and physicality. Against fighters, she can bully. Like and when she fought Stoliarenko, she was able to bully her, which is a bad sign for that fighter because – Yana shouldn't be bullying anybody against Marion mm-hmm. Renault, a fighter who's not super aggressive and isn't willing to force exchanges on the feeder on the ground. She's able to outclass her, outsmart her, win a win. Over Lena Landsberg, who's gotten better but is a little bit older and a little bit one-dimensional, she's able to beat her. But when she's faced people like Aspen Ladd, Aspen Ladd just basically Hulk smashed her. Cyborg basically Hulk smashed her. Tanya Evinger in the rematch basically took her down and just roughed her up. She, she, she has a weakness against fighters who are big, strong, and durable. Kelly Vera is very big. She's very strong. She's also athletic and she's durable. So the, the I think it could be an interesting fight because Kuniskaya usually has one or two tricks in her back to make the fight difficult. But once Ketlin imposes her will physically, the fight should essentially be over. Kuniskaya is not great off her back with submissions. She's not a great wrestler. She's not a great athlete. And even though she's a competent striker on the feet, defensively, she falls apart when you give her pressure. And Ketlin's striking has looked surprisingly fluid in, fluid in her last fight. She's actually made improvements in that area. So if she doesn't have a weakness on the feet, Yana has no chance of winning this fight or making a competitive pass maybe the first half of the round. Well, Ketlin had that one hiccup where she got knocked out by Irene Aldana, and then she had knee surgery after that. Yeah, but in her, in her comeback fight with Sajara, you saw growth. That she started using a jab. She's punching in combinations, attacking the body. She showed growth. She didn't just say it's a lucky punch and stay the same. She got better. Yeah, she's also been training a lot with uh, Poliana Botello. Okay, so those two have been training together a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good fight. It makes sense, but I, I'd agree with you. It's more of a showcase fight for Caitlin Vera. I mean, if Caitlin loses, it's a really bad look to lose the kind of Kunis guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think if she wins this fight, they got to start talking about maybe giving her a title shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that would make sense. I mean, she was on her way to one before for the, for the Aldana loss. And basically the reason she qualifies, if you want to look at it, is she's got the physical tools to at least present some issues to the champion. If she gets to her, she's, won't be bullied. If she she should be able to get takedowns. If she gets taken down, she should be able to get back up. And a lot of Amanda News success has been against fighters who can't who, who can't hold their ground against her physically. Kellen Vera, in theory, should be able to. 
She's like a lot of Nova Unyao fighters in that she's very well-rounded. Uh, yeah, I used to think she was fairly one-dimensional. Uh, I never was really impressed with her striking, but I, I've seen some growth there. And if she can just get her striking where she's defensively responsible and a little bit better with her shot selection, I, I think she's a handful for anybody. Okay, the second fight on this, on this show, uh, with this fight on this show, also seems like a showcase fight as well. Uh, it is um, Shanna Dobson versus Casey O'Neill at flyweight. Now, Casey O'Neill is a newcomer to the UFC. It's her UFC debut. So let's just talk about her a little bit. She was born in Scotland. She's 23 years old. Uh, she lives in Australia. Um, she trains at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand with George Hickman. So that means that she's a teammate of Loma Lukbunmi, among others. Okay? And um, she's 5-0. and oh. uh, Her last fight was at UAE Warriors in Abu Dhabi, and before that, she fought in Australia. None of her fights are on video, so I didn't get a chance to see her, but I, I believe she's primarily a striker. And we've seen Shanna Dobson. She doesn't do anything for me. She just, she's just another mid-card fighter. Um, I think what separates Shanna right now, she has athletic potential. She's got some physicality. She's got some hand speed. She has some pop to her strikes. The issue was she seemed fairly one-dimensional and seemed like you could kind of, maybe you couldn't strike with her, but you could, you could test her in the other areas which would open up the striking or just expose her on the ground or in wrestling exchanges. I feel like she's gotten a little bit better in that. And I feel like if you're not a certain class of athlete, that even if you're a little bit better rounded as far as your skill set, you're not going to be able to stand up to her physical tools. I don't know that her opponent is strong enough to kind of keep her off her. I don't know that she hits hard enough to keep her off her. I know that regardless of her record, whoever Shannon Dotson has hit or she's gotten her hands on has respected her physical strength and her power. So if I, if I assume that her opponent isn't her equal athletically, then I, I'd have to lean Dotson, and especially if she's going to engage her in striking exchanges. Well, we just don't know about this uh, newcomer because we haven't seen her. There's not even any fights of her on video. So I don't know. And, that, you know, we'll just have to see what it looks like. Okay, so that's going to be on the prelims. This Saturday's show is going to be on uh, ESPN Plus in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. And the fights will be up on my blog on Sunday morning. Okay. All right. So I want to go on to something else. We, uh, I want to give a, a big shout out to uh, my buddy, Rafael Marinho, down at Combat in Brazil. I was talking to Rafael this afternoon, and he reported today that um, the plan originally was for UFC 261 to be in Singapore, but they couldn't work things out. Uh, UFC couldn't work things, things out there, so it's going to be in Vegas. But the plan is still for the main event to have uh, Zhang Weili defend the uh, strawweight championship against either Rose Namahunas or uh, Carla Esparza. And basically what it comes down to is that they can work out the financials with Rose. She's going to get the fight. And if that happens, that we'll have that fight. And Carla will face Yan Chonin, who ain't easy pickings, okay? So that's what uh, Afael reported this afternoon. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see, I, I guess I'd rather see the Rose fight to see how much, I really want to see how she's adjusted and how she's going to adjust to facing another opponent who in theory should be able to handle her power and can put physicality on her because Rose's issue over her career has always been physicality. Carla Sparza roughed her up. Carolina Kovacavich roughed her up. Jessica Andrade roughed her up. Now she's facing another big, strong opponent who, who can rough her up. I want to see if she's made any noticeable strategic or technical adjustments to make up for that, to make up for that historical, that historical hole she's had. Um, Carla Sparza is a good backup because Carla Sparza is probably one of the most improved fighters as far as adding on to her base skill set. Carla Sparza is light years better than she was when she first came in. And I can't say that for every fighter, even the ones everybody says is elite. So I have a great deal of respect for Carla Sparza and whoever she ends up fighting, uh, if they win, is showing that they're one of the top tier fighters in the division and probably in the world. Wouldn't it be interesting to see the two Chinese in the, in the, for the title? Uh, that would be. I mean, basically, if both of them win, that's, that's probably the fight we're going to get next, and they're going to try and place it overseas and maximize the money from that. So it, it we've, be- seen, we, we've seen Jan Shonan get underrated in the past, but after she beat uh, Claudia Gadelia, I wouldn't underrate her anymore. Like, I, did, well, I wasn't anyway. Like we were, we were talking about her like she's a real thing, and she, she is. Yeah, it was. I mean, the reason people underestimate her is because she was beating up on people who 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 she had clear advantages over. And the fact of the matter, when she fought Claudia, she had clear advantages over her too. But Gadelia is a name, and people get hung up on the name instead of watching the film and watching the fighter. She's a really good fighter. And if you go and if you watch Yan Shonan, her actually watch her. She's really good. Yeah, I, I think she's a really good fighter. I. I'm a little concerned about her her ability to really rack up damage. She seems a little bit closer to being an average athlete than a great one, and that can that has a big impact on how you fight when you face the elite in your division. But outside of that, um, she, she's she's a very good fighter, and I, I expected her to eventually challenge for a title. I was hoping that maybe they give her a chance to kind of shine in the sun on her own. But if they have the chance to make that big payday, you know the UFC is going to not worry exactly. about that development and just try to make money. Yeah. Uh, so that should we'll, hopefully we get the fight we're, fights we're looking for there. Anything you want to talk about, Schwan? Uh The only thing I wanted to mention, last thing, is uh, and many times people often think I'm being pretty hard on camps or hard on fighters. But the fact of the matter is, like, when you hire a camp, they're hired to do a job. Their job is to prepare you and make sure you're ready for almost any circumstances and you have a plan A, plan B, and a plan C that they can go to if whatever's happening in the fight isn't going your way and a lot of camps especially in women's mma because i see some of these game plans they they're not doing their job they're they're not looking at film they're not understanding what's in front of them and they don't have any legitimate adjustments it's go get her it's go you gotta you're this is do or die what that that's not direction and if you wait till the third or fourth round to tell somebody that why the hell didn't you have an adjustment in the first two rounds where they could have kept the fight close and not have to go do or die to win a fight I'm just trying to call it out because a lot of a lot of trainers are actually stealing money. They just really are. I'm, I'm not trying to bash them. They're not terrible people, but they're stealing money. They're not watching film correctly. They don't know what, what film they're watching, and they're not paying attention to the to the actual opponent. This their uh, their fighters fighting, and it's costing people wins, and it's ruining careers, and it's having career altering damage. I've seen it firsthand. So I, I just have to call it out when it happens. They do a good job, I call it out. They do a great job, I call it out. They do a bad job where I have questions, I'm going to ask them. That's my job. That's what I do. They call me for my opinion. Well, yeah. I say mine. Well, the idea behind this podcast, uh, doing it in the first place, 
is to get diff- two, two completely different viewpoints. So uh, you have that viewpoint, and I want that viewpoint. All right, I don't really care if you're tough on them. Doesn't make any difference to me. I have a completely different viewpoint, which I don't think is I'm not being easy on anybody. Okay, and it's just a different viewpoint. That's all. And I think when you have diversity, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, I just like to clarify because I mean I've had people, you know, like, well, you're just saying this too hard. You haven't seen this, and I'm like, I have to ask the tough questions. If I'm just if I'm just going to be a cheerleader for the fighter or the camp. And there's no point in listening to the show. There's just no point. And I wouldn't let you, and I might add, I wouldn't let you do that, which is why I ask questions in the way that I do. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're here to further conversation. And if in, a, in the case of women's mixed martial arts, they always say they want more attention. They want more spotlight, the camps, the fighters. Well, if you get more spotlight, you get a closer critique as well. You don't just get the benefit of it without the deficit of being held to a standard. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not talking about something I haven't done myself. I've helped female fighters, elite female fighters in their camps. So I'm not talking about something I've never done before. I'm sharing my experience so that y'all get a better idea of where they're short at, where they could get better at, where I felt the camp could have got better at. That's all I'm doing. It's not an attack. It's, it's holding them to a professional standard, the same professional standard I get held to when people hire me. Okay, one other thing I wanted to mention, it's now official uh, March 27th Ryzen show in Nagoya. Uh, Ayaka Hamasaki will defend her Ryzen Super Atomweight Championship against Kana Asakura, and I do expect Ayaka to successfully defend. But as we spoke about a couple of months ago, there is some question uh, in my mind and also in uh, my friend uh, Charlie Jewett's mind uh, whether Ryzen will continue to promote women's MMA after this. We do, we're not sure about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that turns out myself. Um, I thought it was a big moneymaker, but it, I, clearly I, w- I was misinformed. Well, it, what it was is that they're interested in TV ratings. And the, the fighter who uh, attracts eyeballs is Rena. But the problem with Rena is she's not that good a fighter. Okay, so she was never going to be champ. All right. And uh, now she's planning to retire. And in fact, she's doing uh, uh, some, she's starting to do commentary uh, on uh, kickboxing shows. Oh, wow. So, so well, she's not going to be doing commentary for Ryzen because you know who does commentary for Ryzen? Who? Megumi Fuji. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I mean, what, they can't have more than one woman doing commentary? No offense. Well, no, I think it's a case of where um, they've got a whole bunch of them back there. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So I don't yeah. Okay. Anything else or is that about it? No, sir. That's it. Okay. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com, and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for either of my podcasts or my blog, you can leave them at Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.